0: Our meditation for this tenth Sunday after Trinity is on our Gospel reading, Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 48. Hear the word of our Lord. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like you to imagine something. Let's play a game of pretend. I'd like you to think about a pit. A black, bottomless pit. The kind that you could throw a stone into it, wait for several minutes, and going... And going, and you never hear the stone hitting the ground. I'd like you to think of this pit as the single most unpleasant thing you would ever find yourself in. It seems to be endless, it never stops, and no light gets into it. It's always the same. As you fall down the pit, it's always black, it's always cold. And there is the ever-present threat as you fall down this pit of hitting the ground and perishing. But you never know when that's going to happen, or if that is going to happen. This pit is like the history of sin. It is always the same. Ever since we were cast out of the Garden of Eden, sin has always cropped up in the same ways. Nothing new or surprising comes from sin. The closest we come to it is disappointment. A high-profile Christian musician is found to be a scoundrel that cheats on his wife He gets into drugs. He ends up making secular music. Is anybody surprised when they see that happen? No. We're disappointed. We are certainly dismayed by it. But this sort of thing has happened over and over again in our history. Sin does not surprise us. It is always the same. In our gospel reading, the children of Judah were engaged in the same exact sins that God observes in our Old Testament reading. Jeremiah writes an oracle from our Lord in which God says, is my house going to be a den of robbers? Are you going to really? honestly bring murder and covetousness and theft and idol worship into the temple of god that's what they were engaged in when our lord jesus christ drives the money changers out of the temple he is not saying this prophecy is fulfilled He's not saying, ah, yes, back then, before the Babylonian exile, they were as clean as a whistle. Oh, no, they were doing the exact same thing. Sin is always that black and bottomless pit from where nothing new ever comes out. It's all the same darkness. Now, there is a key difference between the children of Judah in the times of Christ's ministry and the children of Judah, when Jeremiah was writing. There were no visible statues to foreign gods in the temple. But in their place, the people had made idols out of themselves. They were so self-absorbed and self-obsessed that as they crushed their own people with temple taxes and money changing in usury, they excused it with the belief that this is what is best for our people. One might even say that the children of Judah in Jeremiah's time were more righteous than those in the first century AD because at least they were honest about their idolatry. They had the statues out in the open, or in times in which they had to hide them away, or begin worshipping the stars in secret. They weren't pretending that they were godly. They couched their confidence in, This is our temple. It was given to us, so we get to stay. Now our Lord Christ weeps over Jerusalem. Because sin, being unchangingly dark, means that it always merits the same punishment. The Bible says plainly in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death, meaning both physical death and eternal damnation. But there are also earthly punishments for these sins which repeat themselves over and over again. When Jeremiah wrote, he warned them, the Babylonians are going to come, they're going to destroy the temple, they will take you into exile, and that is exactly what the Babylonian army did to them, bringing the children of Judah into exile for 70 years. In 70 AD, history repeats itself at the hands of the Romans, who tear apart all of Jerusalem, destroy the temple again, and scatter the children of Judah to the four winds. This, and the blindness that covered their eyes to Christ's presence, was the just reward for their idolatrous worldview and the way they constantly victimized their neighbors. Now before we wag our fingers at the scribes, the Pharisees and the leaders of Judea, consider for a moment that Christendom has, at various times, done the same exact thing. The Roman church robbed the poor through the simony of indulgences. The prosperity gospel preachers sell God's grace daily and suck up entire retirement funds. Certain Lutheran bodies have made their finances a black box into which no one may look, inviting suspicion from all corners that they have engaged in impropriety of the highest order. We are all as guilty as Judah ever was at this point. If we do not repent, we will meet the same fate. Exile is in order for us especially because we have been quietly making idols of our own, haven't we? From Pachamama to the cult of the saints to modern worldly morality, the church deserves exile just as much as the children of Judah did. And when it comes, don't say you weren't warned. In a certain sense, some of us are already there. The exile has already started, otherwise the catacomb synod would not have been needed. Yet here we are. But now, permit us to start imagining again. Let's imagine a horizon. An endless wondrous thing, a beauty to behold the horizon, always seemingly out of reach but always present in our lives. This is like grace. The history of grace is like the horizon that always beckons us to come closer, to go toward it, and to rejoice in the new lands and things that it shows us. Unlike the bottomless pit of sin, always showing the same infractions and the same punishments, our Lord always has a new way to express his limitless grace unto us. Indeed, he surprises us. Our Lord Christ wept over Jerusalem. Why did he weep? Because the children of Judah did not know why he was there. Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, he says. He was there to save them and all of us. He was there to be our savior, to bleed for our sins and die upon that cross so that we might receive something new. Now history repeats itself when it comes to sin and punishment. The destruction of Jerusalem for idolatry and injustice happened twice over, with striking similarities. Yet after the Babylonian exile, God shows his grace to Judah by permitting their return home. Surprising us with joy, he does something different, something new to the children of Judah in the first century. Instead of letting them return home, he grants the entire world a gospel which promises to bring home to us. The kingdom of God is within you. He gives those who accept the gospel a new family, a new cause, and an eternal home which Christ prepares for us. Like the children of Judah, the church is certainly guilty of the same sins. But while we merit exile and pain and persecution, how shall we think of the future? Our Lord disciplines the church as he always has. But after this, we do well to hope in the new and surprising grace, which he shall show the faithful after. Specifically, our Lord Jesus has promised to return and meet us in the clouds to bring us to the new Jerusalem. The children of Judah were permitted to go back home after their exile. The church era, the millennium, sees home being brought to us in our hearts and our lives. With Christ's return at the end of the age, we aren't just permitted home. Nor are we merely living with the presence of God's kingdom, but instead we will be brought home in joy, finally delivered from the pains of punishment, and delivered unto eternal life in the new heavens and new earth. Beloved, sin is always the same, but grace is always new. May we rejoice even if we are driven into the catacombs, that our Lord will bring us to new and even greater light for the sake of his Son in whom we believe. Now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.